Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 151. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest, Stacy David. Stacy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm cinched down, ready to go, man. All right, all right. Stacy David has his own custom shop called the Rattle Trap that specializes in engine building, custom paint, suspension work, metal fabrication, and everything else and everything in between. And in the late 1990s, he hosted and produced a new TV show called Trucks, where he designed and built fantastic rides. That show became one of Spike TV's highest-rated shows. And today, his successful Gears television show is on the Velocity Channel and Mav TV. His website and Stacy David's Gears Nation is a fantastic place for gearheads and automotive enthusiasts to go and learn tech tips and watch episodes and shop for cool products and have fun in the Gears Nation garage. So Stacy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course your passion for automobiles? Well, first of all, Mark, thanks for having me on here, man. It's you got a great show here. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> my uh, my automotive journey started pretty much when I was born. Uh, like a lot of guys out there, I mean, I was always a car nut. Uh, bulldozers and tractors and cars and airplanes, anything mechanical. I was just one of those kids that you know was tearing mom's mixers apart and <laughs> doing all that kind of stuff and. I couldn't wait until I could get a car. You know, as I as I grew up, of course, I was too young, so we went into motorcycles and this and that, and I got into this go-kart thing. Oh, yeah. Dad said, okay, we'll build us a go-kart, and, of course, he was footing the bill at that point, so we put a um, Briggs & Stratton 5-horse engine on there, which lasted for a couple of years, and it was way too slow for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> And I was just getting into, you know, be- building and tweaking and stuff. I was probably 10, you know, 11 years old. And I started putting snowmobile engines and motorcycle engines on this thing. All right. And um, it got to the point, uh, the thing was running over 100 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. And there's actually pictures of it, I think, on our website. Uh, We put a 350 Kawasaki motorcycle engine on it, you know, a two-stroke screamer. 
And uh, at that point, Dad was like, okay, no seatbelts, no roll bars, uh, no helmet. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we want you to hang around here for a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, I continued on into the car stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get into a little more of that. This is my first cars and this and that. But I always, it was just part of of my DNA. And uh, music was the same way. You know, I was... Um, you know, I started taking guitar lessons when I was six years old. You know, the, the two things for me, guitars and cars, always went hand in hand. Well, there's something else we share. I started teaching or learning guitar at six years old as well. Really? Yeah. Man, we got to jam some. Oh, well, I don't know if I could keep up with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, so there was, um, as we move forward into that, uh, you know, I ended up here in Nashville. I was a professional musician for uh, 15, 20 years. And at the same time, I was building cars, too. You know, I, I opened my own shop here because I was, at first, I was just building cars for myself. You know, I would pick up an old Mustang or something, and I would do a little work on it and flip it and make some money on it and go to the next one, and it was just for fun. And pretty soon, people were coming up going, man, where'd you get that car? I was like, well, you know, I, I built it. And so they were like, well, can you build me one? <laughs> I was like, well, well yeah. And... uh the demand started to grow to where, you know, I said, yeah, I'm just going to open a shop and do this. Yeah. That's kind of where the rattle trap came from. You know, and it was always a full custom shop. I realized early on, you know, I, I was not one of those mechanic sort of guys that would go to and work at a Chevy dealership and just replace parts. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, that takes a certain mentality and there's a, you know, I was more of a customizer. So guys would show up with their Hondas and say, Hey, listen, man, I, I need you to tune this up. And I'd say, listen, there's a nice place down the road that specializes in that. Now, if you want me to drop a V8 in it or chop the roof, that's <laughs> there you me. There go, yeah. But that's, you know. Yeah. And there was um, some people that I worked with. I apprenticed with a lot of people in a lot of different shops that kind of, you know, where I learned that hot rod mentality. But uh, Yeah, well, you got involved in television, too, and your current show. Let's talk a little bit about that before I get into some of my questions. Tell me what's happening at Gears. Well, Gears is now in its ninth season. Yeah. And, oh, uh, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Oh, thank you, awesome. man. It's, it's amazing. It's ama- I, you think about it, because I did trucks for, for seven years. Yeah. And then um, yeah, it's hard to imagine that we've been doing it th- that long, because each season just kind of rolls into the next one. But uh, we just moved into a new building last year. We finally have enough room, at least for now. And we have some really cool projects. You know, this season, obviously... With gears, I try to keep everything real. You know, I do some trucks, I do cars, I do high-dollar stuff, I do budget stuff, because it's for all gearheads. It's not just for a certain genre. Mm-hmm. But this year, I'm going to be doing a lot of sports car stuff. Oh, uh, oh, I'm excited about that. I love sports cars. Oh, yeah, you're going to die when you hear about some of these. You know, also, I, you know, I've got some truck projects and a couple muscle car projects, but, you know, it, it's fun. It just you know, it never gets old. The you know the automotive world is is very exciting. Yeah. Well, what's really cool here is how much music and musicians and instruments tie into some of the car genre and car related things. You have people like Eric Clapton, who has a large collection mm-hmm. of Ferraris, and of course ZZ Top, known for their hot rods. And now mm-hmm. I'm hearing what you've been involved with both. So it's kind of cool to be, the way between music and cars and instruments and car parts. It all kind of wraps together. So it it's fantastic. And again, congratulations on on uh, moving forward with Gears. It's so exciting. I want to get into some questions, though, with you now, because we could talk about your TV show forever. But 
I always like to start the journey here with my guests with a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Stacy, take the wheel. Well, my quote that I, the one that I always go back to, I got from a football coach when I was in high school. You know how they come in and write it on the chalkboard. Oh, yeah. And you, and everybody kind of rolls their eyes and stuff, but it's <laughs> so true. Yeah. It's, there's no such thing as luck. Uh, yes. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yes. And that, in a nutshell, is, you know, when we talk about how I ended up on trucks and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people will look at that and go, man, that was a lucky deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you can look at it that way. Mm-hmm. But once I tell you the story of the stair steps that took to build up to that, you'll see that he who is the most prepared, he that takes due diligence and works and is prepared for those opportunities, when they come, and they will, you can take advantage of them where the other guy's standing there going, uh, yep. well, I would have, should have, could have, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, that's an awesome quote, and I've heard that from, So many of my successful entrepreneurial guests that, uh, yeah, preparation is key. All the hard work that comes up behind it. And you hear about people who are, for instance, famous stars, rock stars. I think it was Willie Nelson that said, I was an overnight sensation. It only took 20 years. Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. I love that. And especially since it came from a coach, because coaches are those people in our lives that really push us and have some meaning Mm -hmm. to us. You know, you've been a car guy your whole life, and you've shared that with us, but could you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars, that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy? I loved cars. I was always messing with cars, and I saw American Graffiti. Mm. <laughs> and I was probably, I was too young, honestly, to see it at the time. I think I was like nine years old or something like that. But that yellow coupe. When uh, that car rolled into the state, I don't know what it was. It's kind of like when I fir- heard the first Chuck Berry introduction. It was an epiphany moment. I was like, what was that? <laughs> and that was kind of led into, Dad used to take me to the sprint car races, you know. And I remember looking at my dad as we left the sprint car races earlier. And I said, I'm going to drive one of those cars on the street. And Dad, of course, was a cop. And he was like, well, no, there's no butt fenders. And there's no turn signals. And he gave me the rundown. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just fix all that. But that car, that that sprint car, that's and it's basically a thirty-two Roadster, is what you know we're yeah, talking about. Yeah. So that was set the groundwork for it. But when I was in high school, you know, I I came from a family we didn't have a lot of money, um, you know, and I, you know, my dad was a cop and my mom didn't work, mm-hmm. and there were four kids. Yeah. So we didn't. We're. We're pretty poor. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so we didn't get a car, a new car by any means, but mom and dad would help us with our first car. And mm-hmm. it was always a used car. Mm-hmm. So my sister got a Volkswagen Beetle, and my brother got, you know, whatever he kind of asked for. Well, I, I wanted that American Graffiti car. <laughs> and there was one that was all hacked up. It was a 30 Model A coupe that was sitting in, outside the service station. I would drive by it every day. Guy wanted like twelve hundred bucks for it, and now keep in mind the dynamic between my dad and I. Dad was a cop. Yeah, I was the hot rodder, <laughs> and so dad, dad, and dad was old school original. He was like, he didn't like cars that had been modified. Yeah, keep it stock, keep it original. That fifties mentality. Mm-hmm. I was totally the opposite. 
sure. tear it apart and make it better. Of course. And so I remember that I kept asking for that. And then one day, Mom and Dad took me out on a drive. And I was like, hey, take a turn here. Well, they knew where I was taking them. I always wanted to drive by and see that car. Sure. Except this day, we pulled in. And Mom and Dad, you know, they pulled up and said, you like that car? And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and they handed me an envelope oh, that my. had $1,200 in it. And my dad looked at me, and he said, son, he said, I don't, I don't understand what you see in these cars. He said, I look at that, and I see the world's biggest piece of junk. He said, I wouldn't drive that car in a thousand years. I hate it. He said, but you, you see something in it. Hmm. I don't understand it. I don't see it but I'm going to encourage it. And wow. he says, you take this car. And he said, now this is your car. Yeah. <laughs> he says, if it doesn't run or doesn't run out of gas, this is it. He said, because there's not going to be another one. We don't have the money for anything else. And he says, I don't have the money to fix it. He said, so if you want this car and this is what you want to do, then that then you go for it. There you go. Fantastic. And at that point, I was like, he had enough faith to say, listen, this is what you want to do. I'm going to encourage you. And that was, and at that point I was off and running. Oh, awesome. And that, (laughs) and that car springboarded me into other cars and, and other things, but that was the start of it. Very cool. I love that story. Well, fantastic. What wonderful parents you had. Stacy, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've had a music career, which is full of challenges a business, a shop, which is full of challenges, of course, TV shows full of challenges. But I'd love to go down some of the roads you've driven and crawl under the hood here and get our hands a little dirty and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your career. But the most important part of this is how did you overcome it? And even more so, what did you learn from it? Wow, there's a bunch of those. (laughs) Um, You know, when I first came to town, I threw two guitars an amplifier and a suitcase in a 65 Mustang Fastback. I had $1,000 in my pocket and drove to Nashville. And I had a place to stay in a guy's basement for a few weeks. That was it. And for the first few months, I kind of kicked around about as close to being homeless as you could be. I was fortunate to live in people's basements and stuff at the local churches and stuff that were would take, you know, would let me stay there. And uh, looking for a music gig, you know, because I wanted to pursue music. And um, I was fortunate I got with a band on the road and traveled for a couple years doing that. Then, you know, working through the music industry, you know, building into, you know, session work and things like that, it just, we I basically, you couldn't have started much lower at the bottom. And there was always that you just keep moving forward and uh, you know obviously there was i was a uh, you know i was raised as a christian and had a lot of uh you know without my faith in god i couldn't have made it sure you know we'll get into that um probably some later but and that's one thing you know i, I try to tell guys it's like you know the greatest ideas in the world it won't get you anywhere if your life's not straight mm-hmm you know, yeah. you got to have your foundation straight, which means your life and, and how you're thinking, or all the fame and all the uh, success in the world is not going to help. It's going to, in fact, destroy you. Yeah. And I saw it left and right. 
in the music industry, and I've seen it in the car industry too, in the television industry. As a matter of fact, a lot of people think they want success, and you think that's going to make it all better. And success, if you're not straight, is a is a really bad thing. Here's an example. I, I had a, the opportunity to fly with the Blue Angels a few years ago. Oh wow! You know, when we were getting ready to, they said, "Listen, we're going to take you to seven and a half G's," and the human body passes out about three G's. <laughs> so if you don't want to just pass out and throw up all over yourself, here's what you're going to have to do. And they showed me this little exercise to do. Yeah. Well, one thing they didn't tell me was that you have to be sitting straight in your chair or in the in the seat when you start doing this, or it can literally break your spine. So he laid into this, and I was sitting a little cockeyed, and I felt every vertebrae in my back pop. Nothing serious, but it was one of those things that, as an illustration, my foundation was not straight. So once the pressure came to it, well, you know, I end up at the chiropractor. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that was a tough adjustment. And I was fortunate that... (laughs) That it was no big deal. Yeah, but it's a good illustration of like you got to get that foundational stuff right first. Yeah, what a what a great metaphor. I I love that. Yeah, it's uh, I've had other friends that have flown in those jets and had similar stories, but uh, I love the way you twisted that. Excuse the word twist when we're talking about spines. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, into the story about foundations, but I I love that and especially the music industry. We've seen so many talents just be wasted with drugs and messed up lives, you know, because their foundation wasn't there. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. And I'd love for you to share a story when you had a real aha moment in your career, that time when you go, you know what, I think this is going to make it. This is pretty cool. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. The first time that we started, that people started recognizing the vehicles I did, you know, I I had built a uh, 67 convertible Mustang. And it was the first time it was in a magazine. And this was prior to any of the TV shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the first national show winner that I had built. And at that point, you know, when I had people walking around it going, gosh, this is really nice, all of a sudden it was like I can actually build a car to the level of all the people that I have aspired to be. Ah, very cool. And. There was another moment after I was doing trucks. You know, one of the things that that I tried to establish early on with trucks and uh, into gears is that we don't fake the work. Uh, in other words, I do the work that's on the show. I don't have stunt wrenches that come in, and, <laughs> and as we call them. And um, so if I say I'm doing it, I'm actually doing it. I don't go to, away to commercial break and somebody come in and do the welding for me. And not everybody does that. That's just that's just something that we don't do. But I remember I was at the Street Rod Nationals with Art Morrison, uh, who oh, is yeah. just a, Art's been a guest on my show along with his son Craig. Yeah, and he's a brilliant guy and a very an icon in the industry and a super nice guy too. Oh yeah, and he introduced me to some friends of his at the Street Rod Nationals. He goes, "Hey, here's Stacy, and he does uh, he does a truck show, but he actually does his own work." That was one of those moments being recognized by somebody that I hold in such high esteem yeah. as an equal or as a, uh, as a peer it meant a lot. It oh. really did mean a lot because most of the time people look at, you know, whether you're on radio or TV or whatever, there is, you know, a lot of people look at it and go, oh, that's just fake. And in, in some cases, some people are. Yeah. 
but in that case, they had seen, you know, because he had been at the shop, he had seen the stuff that I was working on and building and that yeah. kind of thing. So. Oh, well, that's so wonderful. And you may have answered the next question I have for you, and that is proudest business or career moments. I'm sure you've had so many with everything you've done, but is there one in particular that really stands out? You know, I, I, I tell you what, and this is going to be kind of crazy. As, as a guitar player, you know, you do anything to get your name on a guitar. And there's a lot of great guitar players out there, iconic guitar players that never get their name on the headstock of a Gibson or a Fender mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I remember when I went in and did my first guitar with Gibson, that they, because of the show, they were like, yeah, we want to put it on there. We want to do, we want to put your name on it. All right. And I remember thinking at the time going, you know, there's a lot of guitar players out there that are a lot better than me that should have their name on a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> But for some reason, I had been blessed to be, to be here, you know, and it was one of those things of like, wow, that's that's really an honor oh. to be recognized like that. How fun. How fun. Let's have a little bit of fun here. I'd love to hear about your first really special car. That <laughs> That vehicle that just stands out in your life as maybe some big achievement or something, and maybe share a memory you had with that vehicle. Well, you know, the Model A was uh, was pretty interesting, but it was a piece of junk. It was like the American Graffiti car. <laughs> I, I learned everything not to do on that car. That car had bopped around for 20 years and been hacked on by everybody. Mm-hmm. So everything was wrong on it. And it was a great learning ground for me, you know, on how to build cars, what to do, what not to do. So it was very special in that way. It was almost like, a college course that I was driving. <laughs> but it wasn't that special. My my next car, I had that, that 65 Mustang Fastback that I don't know what it was about those cars, but I actually, I saw this on the side of the road in a place called Fan, Idaho, which was basically a store and a feed dump and two Mustangs sitting out there for sale. <laughs> it was, that's how small it was. I was driving a delivery truck for the state at the time, right out of high school. I drove by, I saw that Mustang, I went home, sold my Jeep, and took a Greyhound bus up there to drive that car home. <laughs> and, you know, that's the car that I drove back here. And I, that, that car was always really special. You know, I was, that was just when I was learning about Carroll Shelby and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I had that one probably the longest. Well, those fastbacks are so cool. I had one as well. I bought from a friend. He and his dad had built it into a GT350 clone, white, yeah. white with the blue stripes. And uh, I drove that car to work every day for a couple of years. And it was just, I, I couldn't get gas without it being a half-hour experience. Because everybody oh, yeah. would come over and want to talk about it. Young, old, everybody. Yeah, they're just iconic. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, what about seller's remorse? I'm sure you've had lots of fun vehicles, but is there one in particular you let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Yeah, I had a 64 Corvette convertible mm. that I got rid of. Once again, it was my daily driver, and I needed to, you know, I was out on the road, you know, doing the music thing at the time. And I just, you know, I got rid of it. And even at the time when I got rid of it, I was like, you know, I really, 
hmm, <laughs> I wonder if I should get rid of that car. And yeah. it, to this day, I was like, I've been looking for another one. It's like, eh, you know, I kind of got rid of it when they were affordable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we all have those in our lives. But you know, at the time, yeah. that was the right thing to do. That, that's all I can mm-hmm. say. Um, that's what I usually say and what I hear from so many of my guests. You talked about the upcoming season here uh, for your television show, but is there one particular project you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to love this. <laughs> I knew you know there what was going to be. <laughs> you know what the cheetah is? Oh, yeah, yeah. The The back end is real short there. They're great vintage racers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have been enamored with the cheetah for years, decades, and we're going to do one on the show. Oh, uh, awesome. There's a company out there called Cheetah Evolution, which is making a modernized version of the car. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's a full roller. It's not like a kit car that you have to assemble in a box. If this thing comes to you as a roller, you put your drivetrain in. The guys are just, it's fantastic work. But we've hooked up with Bill Thomas, you know, Jr., who was 10 years old when his dad was building the cars. Yeah. So I get to go in and tell the historical aspect of that car, how it came about, and just what it really was, because there's a lot of... Um, rumors and things that swirl around about that car and almost nobody has the story straight Mm. and it was such it was one of those moments in the 60s that could only happen then that car could have only come into existence when it did yeah and it's one of those great what ifs you know if it would have continued would it have been like the cobra well that was the plan but it, it lets people sit around and go man what if yeah and you're going to love when you see it. Oh, and then you can't wait. <laughs> and then also we're going to tell a story about the uh, Jaguar D-Type. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Once again, uh, I've got one of those coming in from um, Race Car Replicas. And, uh, you know, Fran up there does a fantastic job with those cars. Yeah. You know, being British himself, oh, you know, he, yes. he's done it right. He <laughs> comes in right-hand drive and everything. Yeah, jolly good show. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's... Um, you know, and it's one of those things. Once again, it, we go back. I love to tell the story and the historical aspect of these cars because a lot of the guys now don't have any idea. They've they've missed out on that. You know, the Jaguar D-Type is the only other car besides the GT40 that won Le Mans three times. Oh, yes. Yeah, incredible history. And, and a lot of people don't realize, you know... At, if it wasn't for that car, there would have been no E-Type Jag. There would have been no Ferrari GTO. There would have been, you know. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to tell that story, too. Oh, oh man, I can't wait. You've got me all excited now. Can't wait. That's awesome. <laughs> now, here's a really funny question for you. I, I can't wait to hear your answer to this one. If Stacy David was a car, what kind of car would he be and why? <laughs> I knew that'd make you laugh. Uh, you know, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I mean, wow. It's very revealing, you know, how you I feel about yourself. So the, the pressure's on here. I don't know if I can just pick one. Well, you got, I'm sorry. You got to. It's <laughs> got to be one or the other. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I would have to probably guess, since I'm on the spot here, I got to pick something. Yeah. I don't have time to think about this a lot. Because yep. there's a lot of cars I like, which we'll get into that. Yeah. But I would probably, just based on my approach to life and that kind of thing, it would be a big 
four-wheel drive military vehicle. <laughs> okay, okay, there you go. Or some sort of, you know, uh, like the Sergeant Rock truck or something yeah. like that. Yeah. With the, you know, in other words, they could, they could go anywhere and it's not afraid of any obstacles and just, you know. Yeah. You can park anywhere you want. <laughs> kind of thing. I love it. I love it. See, I knew you could have some fun with that one. Yeah. Oh, very nice, very nice. And it would have to be amphibious, you know, with tracks on it, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go anywhere, do anything, do whatever it wants. So that's very – that's Stacy David. There we go. All right, so Stacy, the next set of questions is the last lap. But before we do do that and put the pedal to the metal, here's a free gift for our Cars Yeah listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars, plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYad.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free filler-up book today at Cars Yeah. Okay, Stacy, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? The best automotive advice I got from a, uh, from a guy that I apprenticed with. He was just a brilliant metal worker. He was a guy that my dad went to high school with. Mm-hmm. And it was, you can do it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. He was an epiphany moment for me. I spent a few weeks with him, and he changed my life. Oh, wonderful. Because I was, at that point, mechanics and that kind of thing were basically the way it came from the factory. You replaced the starter with another starter. You did this kind of thing. He was in there working, ironically, on a Jaguar, and he had taken a Jaguar XKE, pulled the motor out, put a rotary engine Mazda in it, and welded up all the headlight stuff and put Corvette flip-up headlights in the front. Oh, my gosh. Which is what guys were doing. This was like in the late 70s. Yeah. And I remember looking at it, and I said, I thought it was ugly. I said, that's ugly. He goes, yeah, I agree. He said, I'm going to change all that. And I was like, wait a minute. You can do that? He goes, oh, yeah. He said, I'll cut it out and I'll re-weld it. And he said, I'll fix all that. And I was like, how is that possible? He said, because I can. Yeah, you can do it. And I said, well, what can you not do? He said, (laughs) and that's when I got that advice. He says, you can do anything. It's just metal, and it's just rubber. You can do anything with these things. It completely freed my mind, so to speak, in what you can do with a vehicle. Wonderful. Awesome. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your successes? I would say that probably one of the most important things that have contributed to that is treating people the way I would want to be treated. Mm, absolutely. Being honest with people, doing the things that are right. You know, you know what's right, you know what's wrong. And especially in this industry, whether you're the biggest problem that you see for a mechanic is that people think they're going to rip them off. Yes. Well, shame on us for letting that industry get that kind of name because people have ripped people off. Yeah. You know, there needs to be, you know, people need to know that you're honest and that you're going to treat them right. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Whether it's television, whether it's radio, whether it's a a shop, whatever whatever it may be. And the entertainment industry is the worst. Yeah. It's a tough one. Well, it goes back to some of those golden rules do unto others, you know, as you like that it's done unto you. 
How about resources? Is there one in particular that you're really fond of? I know that's hard because there's so many out there, but maybe it's a website or a blog that you get. Well, you know something? I'll tell you what. I subscribe to most magazines. Mm-hmm. My resource world is large, yeah. not only for print or websites or blogs, because I check them all out all the time, but also my friends. And this is really important. I am a huge proponent of the aftermarket. And and because everybody has something, we all we all are part of a big wheel here. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with any of this other stuff. Jeff Schwartz, good friend of mine, yep. uh, Art Morrison, half the guys that have been on your show, Sam Mamello, good friends. You yeah. know that we'll call them and say, "Hey, Sam, you know what's this? What what you guys do here? What is that kind of thing? Have you heard about this? You know, I use those." resources in the industry and they do the same thing vice versa to where we can help each other yeah and that's really important i try to encourage people to to develop that network of friends of people you trust you have of, of, you know whether it be especially now when you go on the internet half the stuff you read you can't believe <laughs> you, know, that's you know so you gotta be you gotta be real careful with that yeah so i i don't generally do that uh as much i'll look at it but then i'll always back it up with with some expert or some sort of thing that that i know knows it because it's really important that things are accurate yeah you know it really goes back to it is all about the people and 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 you are the culmination of the people you surround yourself with if you surround yourself with good people that's wonderful. If you surround yourself with the wrong group, you know what that can lead to is trouble, trouble. So I think that was a wonderful answer. How about, we'll talk about a book now. Is there one book in particular that you think the Cars Yeah listeners should get their hands on? Of course, the the main book in my life is the Bible. There you go. And, and once again, you know, and I, I'm a long way from any kind of preacher or anything, but I tell you what, it's got all the answers. And I, I tell you that flat out. I have been literally homeless with no thing to go and I still had hope and there's only one reason that I did is because of you know the words of truth in that book yeah. now you know there's and you know what churches you go to and things like that that's entirely up to people and stuff like that but I know from experience that that is that is that foundation yes and without that we would not be talking yeah uh, I, I would have I would have died a long time ago Absolutely. Absolutely wonderful. And I'll remind our listeners here, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyad.com slash Stacy David. All right, Stacy, we're up to the checkered flag here. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people, especially a car guy like you. If you could only have one, and yes, I'm sorry, I said one, one collector car in your garage, Money's no object, and since tomorrow, the day we're recording this is on Christmas Eve, tomorrow's Christmas, I'm Santa Claus today, I'm going to buy you whatever you like. What would that vehicle be, and why? I hate you, man. I hate that question. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, You know, but I, I have to ask it, because it's just, you know... It's too easy if you can fill your garage with lots of stuff. You got to narrow it down. Oh yeah, and yeah, I always love oh, the yeah. the why behind this question. I've got an answer for you, but let me let me ask you something. Uh-oh. What do you what do you think it'll be? Oh my gosh, I, you know I'm I don't know now because I'm I was a little thrown off by the big truck thing. Yeah, uh, you know um, what 
like, oh, gosh, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> it's got to be something iconic in some sense, I think, something that had, yeah. had a real meaning and presence in the automotive world. That's about as close as I can get. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you're right down the, okay. the, the line on that. Yeah. It, it, first of all, this is an extremely difficult thing, and I, I hate because I, I put people on the spot on this all the time. And, you know, it, Chip Foose and I talk about this, and we're always like, well, it's, it's the car I'm working on right now. Cause yeah, it's an easy yeah. answer because it's so hard to answer. Yep. But I have to say, if I had to pick one that, I, that I've always, there's always been something magical about it, it's that one car that I kind of go back to. Mm-hmm. It's the 62 Ferrari GTO. Uh. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, a close second is the Jaguar XKE Coupe, uh, you know, the yeah. two-seat Coupe, which is basically the car that influenced Enzo to build the 350 or the 250. And honestly, I think the Jaguar is a little sexier, but the, the, the GTO has that race history. And those cars are so iconic. But it is, you know, it's not the Spider, it's not the Ferris Bueller car, it's none of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, the G- it's that it's that two fifty GTO. Yeah, that would that would be the one that. Well, you and my son Blake share. He, he that's his favorite as well. And uh, I can see now you're going to break Santa's uh, checkbook here because. Uh, oh yeah, you know, especially with <laughs> especially with what uh, what those sold for last summer there, you know, at the auctions in Pebble Beach. But uh, great car, great choice. Very fun, and, and you've taken me on an awesome ride today, Stacy. I've had so much fun talking to you, and, and I've really enjoyed your stories, and I really want to thank you for taking time out on this Christmas Eve to, to be with me and sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Ferrari GTO? <laughs> yeah. I would tell people to, to don't be afraid to get out there and try it, to get out there and do it. You know, the whole idea behind the gear show is not to show people what I can do. It's to show people what you can do. Ah, there you go. And it is to teach people that, listen, if I can do it, you can do it. And it is rocket science, but you can learn it. That's one of the things that, you know, out of all the accolades and things that we get from awards, I look around the office here and there's awards and this kind of stuff, and those are great. But the greatest compliments that I've ever gotten, the things that mean the most to me, is when guys walk up to me and say, listen, I am in this industry now because of you. Or I had a guy come up to me one time and say, you're the only father I ever had. I sat there and watched your shows because I didn't have a dad, and you got me into cars. And then I got a letter from one guy one time, and he said, listen, I was, I was laid up, I hurt myself, and I was going to kill myself. I'm in the hospital, and I'm watching your show, and you're talking about building models. And he said, I went out, I had him get me a model, and I started building models. And he said, now I build models for my friends. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And he said, you basically saved my life. And I'm like, yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, heavy. (laughs) And I'm looking at that going, you mean our little car show makes that kind of difference? There's not an award. There's not an accolade. There's not a... A car you can build that'll ever take the place of that. Powerful stuff, powerful stuff. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about what you're doing? They can just go to our website, just stacydavid.com or gearstv.com. They both go to the same place. Yep, yep, awesome. And obviously you have a Facebook page too. 
Oh yeah. yeah, all that. Okay, cool, cool. And we have we have daily things going on on the Facebook and all kinds of stuff. Where you can actually see some things about that cheetah and some of the stuff that's coming up. And awesome. Well, listen, listeners. Everything we talked about today is on Stacy David's show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Stacy David. Stacy, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and, and for sharing your experiences in, in your life around cars and music with the Cars Yeah listeners with me. It's just been awesome. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.